ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so last week then we began the topic regarding Allah being above Allah being above the throne and we spoke about also the footstool so it was the statement of al-Imam al-Tahawi wa huwa mustaghnin 'anil 'arsh wa ma dunahu muhitun bi kulli shay'in wa fawqahu wa qad a'jaza 'anil ihatati khalquhu that he is not in need of the throne, nor besides the throne anything. Allah is not in need of the throne, or what is besides the throne, below, or anything else outside of that. Neither the throne, nor what is below the throne. And he is the all-encompassing of everything and above it. And the creation are unable to encompass him. So in this section, we mentioned at the beginning, وَهُوَ مُسْتَغْنٍ عَنِ الْعَرْشِ وَمَا دُونَهُ That Allah is not in need of the throne. And this is to highlight that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of anything of his creation, neither the throne nor anything else, even us and our worship. Allah is not in need of our worship. Allah is not in requirement for us to worship Him. And that's why it mentions in the narration, that if all of the people were pious and righteous and worshipping Him, that wouldn't increase His kingdom. لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِنْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم ما زاد ذلك مما عندي شيء That if all of you from the beginning to the end from the jinn and the humans were all upon the heart of the most righteous one that everybody was upon obedience everybody was upon worship that it wouldn't increase the kingdom of Allah in any way, it would not increase what Allah has in any way. So Allah is not in need of us. Allah is not in need of our worship. Allah is not in need of any of His creation, is not in need of the throne. But Allah has created all of these things with wisdom, has created us as a test upon this earth, as a trial. الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ Allah created this death and life to test us. أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Who from amongst you will be the best in the actions? Who from amongst you will be the best in the deeds? So that is for us, this worship, this obedience, this obedience and this worship, all of it is for our own good. 
It is not for the benefit of Allah. So here, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi makes the point, وَهُوَ مُسْتَغْنٍ عَنِ الْعَرْشِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of the throne. He is not in any necessity to it. مُحِيطٌ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَفَوْقَهُ That Allah encompasses everything and Allah is above everything. مُحِيطٌ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَفَوْقَهُ that Allah encompasses everything and as above everything. And we mentioned that in the evidences last week. In one of the narrations it mentions the one gone by. وَالْعَرْشُ فَوْقَ ذَلِكَ وَاللَّهُ فَوْقَ ذَلِكَ كُلِّهِ That we've already learned before, the throne is the ceiling of all of the creation. It is the Highest of all of the creation. The throne of Allah as the ceiling of all of the creation. And above all of that, above the throne is then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is the most high, above everything else, above his creation. Many other ayat, for example, يَخَافُونَ رَبَّهُمْ مِّن فَوْقِهِمْ that they fear their Lord from above themselves. They fear their Lord from above. So they recognize the believers know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above. وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ That Allah is the one with the all power and might over His servants. فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ he is above his servants. So all of these evidences and more, they indicate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most high. And that's why you even say, Allahu ta'ala. Ta'ala, what does it mean? The highest, the most high, indicating Allah is the high. Allahu ta'ala, everybody says it. Like we were saying last week, people who believe Allah is everywhere, they'll still be saying Allah Ta'ala. They'll be saying Allah Ta'ala says this and Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran and etc. They'll be saying that. But their aqidah is Allah is everywhere. They say Allah Ta'ala is everywhere. So they're affirming Allah is the most high in saying Allah Ta'ala, but then they have this aqidah that Allah is everywhere. So the evidences are multiple and many on that topic regarding Allah being the Most High, Allah being above all of His creation, separate and distinct from His creation. The final point Al-Imam Al-Tahawi made there in that section was that we cannot encompass Allah. We cannot encompass, but Allah is the one who encompasses all of us. So Allah hears everything, sees everything, has knowledge of everything. Allah encompasses everything in that way. But that does not mean we say Allah is everywhere. Because then you come back to all of those uh, discussions. What about the dirty places here, below us, equal to us, etc. So we don't say Allah is everywhere. Allah is above. Above all of this creation, separate and distinct. 
the creator, and we are the creation below. But Allah, His hearing, His seeing, His knowledge, of course, everything is covered. So that is the basic aqidah regarding that. After that, Imam Tahawi moves on to say, وَنَقُولْ And we say, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اتَّخَذَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا إِيمَانًا وَتَصْدِيقًا وَتَسْلِيمًا That indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Ibrahim as a Khalil. Khalil meaning the one who is beloved. And Allah spoke to Musa alayhi salam directly. Spoke to him. And so we have iman in that and we believe in that and we submit to that. All of this is proven by the Qur'an as Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi shows here. So in the ayah, in Surah An-Nisa, it mentions, وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Ibrahim as a khalil, the khullah. Being the highest level of love as a beloved one. وَأَنْكَرَتْ الْجَهْمِيَّةِ Oh, نعم. And there is the ayah also in An-Nisa proving that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa alayhi salam. وَكَلَّمَ اللَّهُ مُوسَى تَكْلِيمًا And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa Directly in reality of speech. So that is why Ibrahim alayhi salam is known as Khalilullah. And Musa alayhi salam is known as Kalimullah. And when you look at the order of the prophets in terms of their superiority. So you have the best of the prophets and messengers of course. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he had two characteristics. He was Khalilullah and he was Kalimullah. He was the most beloved and he was the one whom Allah spoke to directly. He had both characteristics. But then after that you have Ibrahim alayhi salam who has one of the two characteristics. He was Khalilullah. Then after that, Musa alayhi salam, because he also has one of the two characteristics, he was Kalimullah. So that shows the superiority of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Khalilullah and Kalimullah. Then Ibrahim alayhi salam, Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the prophets, he was Khalilullah. And then Musa alayhi salam, Kalimullah. So this is something proven and established in the evidences. Despite that, there are of course the people of innovation who reject these principles, reject these points, even though they are clearly mentioned in the Qur'an itself. In the Qur'an, وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا 
در الله تو که ابراهیم از خلیل ان کلم الله موسی تکلیما الله سبحانه و موسی علیه السلام کلیلی There is also the hadith of Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم in the hadith of Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri رضي الله عنه that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said لو كنت متخذا من أهل الأرض خليلا لاتخذت أبا بكر خليلا that if I was to take someone from the people of the earth as a khalil the highest level of love the beloved one then I would have taken Ibrahim uh, sorry Abu Bakr I would have taken Abu Bakr as-siddiq radiyallahu anhu as a khalil walakin sahibukum Khalilullah. Then also, in the other version of the narration, إِنِّي أَبْرَأُ إِلَىٰ كُلِّ خَلِيلٍ مِنْ خُلَّتِهِ That I am innocent of every khalil, that the Prophet Muhammad doesn't have a khalil, I am innocent of that. وَلَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا مِنْ أَهْلِ الْأَرْضِ خَلِيلًا لَاتَّخَفْتُ أَبَا بَكَرْ خَلِيلًا if I was to take someone as a khalil, then I would have taken Abu Bakr as a khalil. In another narration, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اِتَّخَذَنِي خَلِيلًا That Allah has taken me as a khalil. كَمَ اتَّخَذَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Just as Allah took Ibrahim as a khalil. So these are all clear narrations in the sunnah, authentic narrations, all of these, indicating how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Ibrahim alayhi salam as khalil. Both of them were the khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that if he was to take a khalil, then the most deserving person for that would have been Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr, as-siddiq, radiyallahu anhu, he would have been the most deserving person of that to be the khalil of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, in this section, there is the affirmation of the khullah, the affirmation that Allah takes or has taken the Prophet Muhammad and the Prophet Ibrahim as a khalil. And the khalil, it indicates the highest level of love, the khullah. That's why we spoke about it before. It is a mistake to say that the Prophet ﷺ is Habibullah, as many people do. Because in fact, the Prophet ﷺ is superior and higher than being Habibullah. He is Khalilullah. Khalil is higher than Habib. Habib is a normal level of love. Khalil is a higher level of love. The Prophet ﷺ isn't just Habibullah, he is Khalilullah. 
So if you say Habibullah, you're degrading and downgrading the Prophet That's a downgrade, Habibullah. Khalilullah is what the Prophet is. That's the higher level. So it's not really correct when people keep saying Habibullah. The Prophet is more than Habibullah. He is Khalilullah. So that is established and affirmed and Al-Imam Al-Tahawi makes that point in that section of the book there. Then he goes on to say, وَنُؤْمِنُ بِالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ وَالْكُتُبِ الْمُنَزَّلَ عَلَى الْمُرْسَلِينَ وَنَشْهَدُ أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا عَلَى الْحَقِّ الْمُبِينَ He says, We believe in the angels and the prophets and the books that were revealed upon the messengers. And we testify that they were all upon clear truth. So in that section there, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi has mentioned three key points of our Iman. What are the three key points of Iman mentioned here? Iman in the angels, Iman in no, here in this section, no. Iman in the angels, the throne we've done and moved on. You're still need to catch up on the train. So now in this section, Iman in the angels, Iman in the prophets, and Iman in the books. Iman in the angels, Iman in the prophets, Iman in the books. And they are obviously three parts of the six pillars of Iman. So, uh, Ibn Abi Izz al-Hanafi says here now, هذه الأمور من أركان الإيمان These affairs are from the pillars of Iman. These affairs are from the pillars of Iman. قَالَ تَعَالَى As Allah mentioned, آمَنَ الرَّسُولُ بِمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ كُلٌّ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ That all of the believers, they believe in Allah and His angels and in His books and in His messengers. Surah Al-Baqarah. Again in Al-Baqarah, لَيْسَ الْبِرَّ أَن تُوَلُّوا وُجُوهَكُمْ قِبَلَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ وَلَكِنَّ الْبِرَّ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَالْمَلَائِكَةِ وَالْكِتَابِ وَالنَّبِيِّينَ Belief in Allah, in the Day of Judgment, in the angels, in the book, and in the prophets. So these pillars are mentioned in the Qur'an. Those pillars of Iman, the six pillars of Iman, they are mentioned in the Qur'an. You also have in Surah An-Nisa, وَمَنْ يَكْفُرْ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُولِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا بَعِيدًا That whomsoever disbelieves in Allah and in His angels, and in his books, and in his messengers, 
And in the day of judgment, then he has gone astray a tremendous amount. Meaning he's gone astray upon kufr. That person has committed kufr. The one who disbelieves in Allah and his angels and his books and his messengers and the day of judgment. We also have in the famous hadith of Jibreel. When the Prophet ﷺ clarified these pillars of Iman too. Al-Iman an tu'mina billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rasulihi wal yawmil akhir. Wa an tu'mina bilqadr khayrihi wa sharrihi. That you believe in Allah and His angels and His books and His messengers and the day of judgment. And that you believe in the decree it's good and it's bad. فَهَذِهِ الْأُصُولِ التي اتفقت عليها الأنبياء. So these principles that the messengers have all united upon and agreed upon. ولم يؤمن بها حقيقة الإيمان إلا أتباع الرسل. And nobody believes in these affairs in reality except the followers of the messengers. People out there now, they say they believe in revelation that has come to them from the heavens. And they may not be from the people of the book. The people of the book originally did get revelation. But now some of these mushrikun, mushrikun, not from the people of the book of any nature, they claim revelation comes to them. They claim they believe in some types of angels and these things and those things. But all of what they are upon is not going to be the reality. The reality of Iman in these affairs is the one who takes his Iman in these affairs from the revelation and what we've been taught. So that is the reality. And now of course that is the Qur'an alone, not even the previous books any longer. وَأَمَّا أَعْدَاؤُهُمْ وَمَنْ سَلَكَ سَبِيلُهُمْ Again, Ibn Abi al he mentions there are going to be people who oppose this basic principle of the religion, these basics and these uh, foundational aspects of the religion in terms of Iman in Allah, then you have people who have deviated in their Iman in Allah. That we spoke about at the beginning. They've deviated in their Iman in Allah in terms of Names and attributes, how they distort them, how they alter them, how they don't accept the reality of the meaning of them, how they say we believe in the word but we don't know anything else, we leave it to Allah. All of those distortions we spoke about at the beginning. So there are people who have those deviations when it comes to the names and attributes of Allah. Similarly, deviations when it comes to the other aspects, deviations when it comes to the angels. You have people who have deviated in their belief in the angels. How so? That could be one point of it. How some people, they believe there are female angels. The angels are female. That is a common uh, misconception that is spread amongst the societies that the angels are females. And that is incorrect. As Sheikh bin Baz, 
On one occasion he was asked about nurses, that sometimes in the hospital, when a nurse does a good job, then some of the patients, they may say, you're such an angel. So they asked Sheikh bin Baz, what's the ruling on this type of statement? He said, false. You cannot say to a woman, you're such an angel. Angels are not women. That was the statement of, that the angels are women was the statement of the mushrikun as well. The mushrikun used to say that the angels are the daughters of Allah. The mushrikun, they used to say that the angels are the daughters of Allah. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rebuked that, refuted that in the Qur'an itself. So there are people with deviations in their understandings of what the angels are. Philosophers and their misguided beliefs regarding what angels are. Angels are a creation from the creations of Allah. Just like humans are a creation of Allah. The jinn are a creation of Allah. The angels are a creation of Allah. Made from light as the narration informs us. And they are upon absolute obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They do not disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. يَفْعَلُونَ مَا يُؤْمَرُونَ They do everything they are commanded. And there is a huge number of angels. Numbers so great that we cannot enumerate. 70,000 every day go to Al-Baytul Ma'mur. They never get the chance to come back in again. So many other 70,000s ahead of them. You have the hellfire being dragged with 70 ropes, 70 reins, on each one 70,000 angels, 70,000 times 70,000. That's just the number of angels dragging the hellfire on that day. The 70,000 going into the Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur every day. And then there are other narrations that say there is not even a span of four fingers worth, even a hand span worth of space in the heavens, except that there is an angel there, either in prostration or in ruku' in the obedience and the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why Allah mentioned in the Qur'an, that is an army of Allah that you do not have knowledge of. You cannot enumerate. So that is the tremendous army of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the army of the angels, all of the great numbers of them. And even when you look at the way that they've been created, the size of the angels, it's mentioned about one of the angels that carries the throne of Allah, that the distance between its earlobe and its shoulder, it would take a bird 700 years to fly the distance between the earlobe and the shoulder of one of those angels. So what would be the size of that angel for a bird to take that long to fly that distance? So this is a huge and powerful creation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created. Some of them, their names we know, Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil, Malak al-Maut, Al-Munkar al-Nakir, Malik, Radwan, Various ones that are mentioned. What is the ruling 
on naming your kids with the names of angels? That is a common question that always arises when talking about Iman in the angels. Hmm? What's the ruling? What's the ruling on naming your kids with the names of the angels? That's not a ruling. What's the ruling? Makro. Okay. Huh? You have to name the kids Muslim names? That's true. Yeah, but angels' names. Can you use angels' names for your kids? Can you name your kid Jibreel, Mikael, Israfil? Some people do. But what's the hukum? Is it allowed or not? <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But maybe they are jahil. Some people are <laughs> 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 So, what's the answer then? The answer... You're right what you said about makruh. Some scholars, they say it is makruh. Some scholars have an opinion saying it is makruh. To use the names of the angels for your kids. Except with some exceptions. What are the exceptions? Except the names that the Sahaba used to have of the angels. Like Malik. There were companions with the name Malik. Malik is the name of one of the angels. Which angel? The gatekeeper of hell. But that is the name of an angel. And there were companions with that name. And the Prophet ﷺ never changed their names. So the scholar said those ones where the companions had certain names that are also known as names of the angels, then you can have those. The Sahaba had them and the Prophet ﷺ never changed them. But as for other than those examples, then it's not suitable and you shouldn't really do it. So you shouldn't really name your kids Jibreel and Mikael and Israfil, etc. So that is normally what most of the scholars, they say, it is not suitable to use those names, uh, except for the ones that were known at the time of the Sahaba anyway. Then also here you have the Iman in the Prophets. Iman in the Prophets... We believe in all of the prophets and messengers that were sent. We believe in every single one. How many prophets were there? How many messengers were there? It's in the Quran 25 mentioned. That's in the Quran mentioned, but all together. So there is one hadith, it mentions 124,000 prophets and messengers. 310 odd. 310 odd. So 310 and a few of the messengers and 124,000 of the prophets. We believe in all of them. Do we know all of their names? We do not. And Allah told us in the Quran that there are some of them whom He has narrated to us about and there are others whom we have not been narrated about. But we believe in all of them that came, every prophet and every messenger. And from the best of all of the prophets and messengers, you have Ulul Azm, and they are 
as we said earlier, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Khalilullah, Kalimullah. Then Ibrahim alayhi salam, Khalilullah. Then Musa alayhi salam, Kalimullah. Then Isa alayhi salam, and then Nuh alayhi salam, and it could be Nuh alayhi salam, and then Isa alayhi salam. Fourth and fifth is different amongst the scholars, but that is the five known as Ulul Azm. They are the five best messengers. Ibrahim alayhi salam is known as Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the Prophet's wife. From Ibrahim alayhi salam, the lineage came where all of the Prophets fall into that lineage. They came from that lineage that spread from Ibrahim alayhi salam. So therefore he's known as Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the Prophets. Mm. And the best of them all, as we know, of course, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the seal of the prophets, no prophet after him, la nabiyya ba'di, anybody who claims <coughs> to be a prophet after the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then the individual is certainly a liar, certainly a liar. And there were and have been and maybe are People to this day claiming to have some element of prophethood after the Prophet ﷺ. And of course that is all false. There is no prophet after the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ. He was the seal of all of the prophets and messengers. You had at that early time people like Musaylamah al-Kadhab who brought some false witnesses to say to the people that they had testified they were testifying that they had heard the Prophet ﷺ say that Musaylama has prophethood too. So there were all these liars, but there is no other prophet or messenger after the seal of the prophets. And in fact, it is one of the signs of the day of judgment that the final prophet has come and gone. The final prophet has gone, no more prophets will come. That is a sign that the day of judgment is close. Even when the Prophet ﷺ was sent, he said, بُعِثْتُ أَنَا وَالسَّاعَةَ كَهَاتَيْنِ That I have been sent and the hour will be established. The difference is like these two, the index finger and the middle finger. Your middle finger is only slightly longer than your index finger, indicating a small amount, or that the gap between them, a small gap between them. So it's only a small amount of time from the sending of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to the day of judgment being established, only a small amount of time remains for that. Then as well it mentions here the books. Now we have iman of course in all of the books that were revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of those books are revelation from Allah. The previous books, all revelation from Allah. The Injil, the Torah, the Zabur, all of those books were revelation. All of them the speech of Allah, just as the Qur'an is the speech of Allah. However, those previous books, as we know, were not preserved. Whereas the Qur'an is preserved under the preservation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But those previous books that were revelation, they were the speech of Allah. They were not preserved and then over time they became distorted and changed and altered 
and deficiencies within them and additions upon them. So they are no longer applicable. The Qur'an overrides all of those previous revelations now. The Qur'an is the only revelation that can be followed now. And it is not possible for somebody to say, but I'm going to stick to the Torah, I'm going to stick to the Injil, I'm going to stick to any of those past revelations now. Once the Qur'an has come, it overrides all of those previous revelations. It is the one that overwhelms all of the previous revelations. So now it is upon everybody to follow this revelation. The Prophet Muhammad said, if Musa alayhi salam was here now, لَمَا وَسِعَهُ إِلَّا اتِّبَاعِي It would not have been possible for him except to follow me. If Musa alayhi salam was here now, the Prophet said, he would have had to follow me, this Sharia, not the Torah. And then at the end of time when Isa alayhi salam comes, Isa alayhi salam when he returns at the end of time, he will rule by the Injil and his Sharia or what? Quran. He will rule by this Sharia, the Sharia of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, not the Sharia that he was given. When Isa alayhi salam returns at the end of time, he will rule by this Quran and Sunnah. Not with the revelation that he was initially given. So that all indicates that now it is only the Quran and the Sunnah that is applicable, not any of the previous revelations any longer. So at the end he says, نَشْهَدُ أَنَّهُمْ كَانُوا عَلَى الْحَقِّ الْمُبِينَ That we testify that all of the messengers, they were upon clear truth. They were upon clear truth. They were upon guidance. They were upon righteousness. They were upon revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So these are from the fundamentals of our iman. From the fundamentals of our belief. Those types of things we have to have some level of detail in understanding. We have to have a level of detail in understanding our iman in Allah. A level of detail in understanding our iman in the angels. A level of detail in understanding our iman in the prophets and messengers. And then of course the rest too, the books. A level of detail regarding that. Regarding the books that were sent. And how many books do we know of the famous books and their names? Four, what are they? Five. So what are the five then if it's five? Taurat, Injil, Zabur, Quran, the Suhaf of Ibrahim and Musa. And it's possible we know of a sixth. What is the sixth one? The sixth one. We can't go home until somebody gets the answer. Huh? Huh? What is it? What? What is it? Huh? 
Give us a hint, Michelle. <laughs> We've already said it. Don't get a bigger hint than that. We already mentioned it in the class today. <coughs> We already mentioned in the class today. Is it to do with Musa? You can't ask questions. You've got to give answers. Suhuf of Musa. What's the Suhuf of Musa? That's the Torah. In that ayah it says Suhufi Ibrahim wa Musa. Suhaf Ibrahim, okay, clear. Suhaf Musa is Torah. But what if it's not? Exactly, that's the issue here. Suhaf of Musa, it is assumed by the scholars that is the Torah. So we have five books Quran, Torah, Injil, Zabur, Suhaf of Ibrahim. Suhaf of Musa is the Torah. So five. But what if the suhuf of Musa is something different to the Torah? What if he was given these different revelations, the Torah, and also he was given these suhuf? Oh, no, that's uh, the various names and things, but suhuf, it could be something different to the Torah. It is assumed it is the Torah, the suhuf, but what if it's not? If it's not, that means he was given the Torah and these suhuf, which makes these suhuf the sixth book, if that is the case. But that, of course, like the scholars say, is all dependent. Is the suhuf the Torah or is it something different? So that is the basic belief there. Uh, Ibn Abil Iz does actually give a lot of detail here. So we'll maybe mention a bit more detail next time on those topics, on those pillars of Iman. But then after that, it moves on, which we'll go to next time, regarding the people of the Qibla, the Muslims, and how they are believers. Uh, and as long as they believe in what came in the revelation, then they are believers, etc. He goes on to some of those topics next. We'll begin with those the next time. Any questions on that so far? Ridwan is actually something uh, that could do with the homework. Uh, it is mentioned that he would be the gatekeeper of paradise. But uh, actually that can be your homework. To investigate the name Ridwan. I didn't actually intend to say that, but it was said in the list. So now that it's been said, and now that you brought the point up, so now you can go and research into this name Ridwan, the gatekeeper of paradise. Your homework is to check up on that and bring us details regarding this name of the angel Ridwan, and that he is the gatekeeper of paradise. That is your homework to research and bring to us next time. Anything else? Khalil, I mean in English, friend or beloved one. Khalil in Arabic, the khullah, the highest level of love. So in English, maybe the beloved is something close like that. Friend, uh, you know, beloved friend, but those are just translations. Musa is from being the Kalimullah, that's clear. But the Prophet is it because of the night journey? 
became night journey is clear kalimullah from the night journey absolutely hmm. all right so next week then inshallah ta'ala uh, about seven o'clock maghrib is very early now it's like it's quarter past six by next week but we'll have to start about seven i can't get here before seven so seven p.m inshallah ta'ala next week وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين